1: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Dr. Joni Seitzma is an aerospace engineer who began her career at the United States Air Force Research Laboratory before moving to Australia to join the Hypersonic International Flight Research Experiment Program with Defence Science and Technology Group. None of those words make sense to me. I work in the arts. Today, Dr. Sitsma is the Chief Technology Officer of the Innovative Launch Automation Novel Materials Communications and Hypersonics Program, a collaboration between universities and industry to develop Australia's sovereign space capability. Terrifying. Joanie performed this story at the World Science Festival in Brisbane.
0: Thanks for that, Maeve. That, that was really nice. Um, I'm a 41-year-old aerospace engineer, and I developed weapons for the US Air Force in the Deep South um, for a decade um, before moving to Brisbane in 2016. My experiences of how LGBT folk were treated in the Air Force weren't great, um, and I was looking for a chain so I could bloom in safety. Um, and so I landed a secondment to DST um, to launch rockets under the High fire program, and it was a super special program because they launched defense-relevant science experiments um, on a rocket to go over five times the speed of sound, two kilometers a second, um, every single year. And this comment was... a opportunity to get some hands-on rocket science experience and um, and it was an opportunity to transition while I was here in Australia. So I think my boss liked me after we launched Hi-Fire 4 and I was selected to be scientific lead of Hi-Fire 7B uh, and that meant that that rocket was my baby. Uh, I was responsible for many things, most notably the primary experiment that I can't talk about. And um, <laughs> So I had to do all the science behind it to prove that it was gonna work. Um, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I had to manage all the stakeholders in this program, and that meant the people we were buying the rocket from, the German Aerospace Corporation, but it was manufactured in Brazil by another corporation, and then it had to be transferred to Woomera, South Australia, by another organization. And then there is the range safety, and then the range itself, and then DST, the larger government defense, and a few cats and dogs that I had to wrangle to basically make all that happen. Um, and what nobody else knew is that basically from day one of this program i have been gender transitioning and nobody knew because I was trying to keep it a secret. And uh, I knew a few people who did this in the US Air Force, and their careers were basically damaged beyond repair. Um, we're talking the early days after Don't Ask, Don't Tell had been rescinded. Um, it didn't mean that it was actually rescinded. Uh, same-sex marriage was still illegal in the US, and when I got over here, it was so much safer and easier. And um, But I was nervous because you know it's a secondment. I'm I'm supposed to go back, and uh, I expected my career to be wrecked um, in addition to you know, the normal physical violence that you read about all the time. And so I was desperate to find a way to stay in Australia, and, um, and basically I was afraid that if word got out, something bad would happen about it. So the rocket was super exciting. Um, and it's, it started off with my friend and boss, Alan Paul and I, sitting on his sailboat anchored off of Morton Island, uh, drinking wines and literally drawing this mission out on the back of envelopes, because that's how all science happens. And Alan is a visionary rocket scientist. Um, he's launched over 14 rockets with UQ and DST, and um, he's pushed the limits of technology significantly, and he's still at it. There's a couple more rockets he's planned, and I want to play with him on that. And uh, he built his sailboat over seven years. I lived on a sailboat nine years. So when you get two rocket scientists who are also sailors on a boat, like we're friends, right? So we get back to the office, and that's when The fun really started. Like, we kicked off the program with a flurry of activity. Uh, So, we had to buy all the things um, and then get all the metal cut. And then, you know, basically what we were putting together was a rocket that would be seven and a half meters long um, and a couple tons. But my actual part of it was just the tip. Um, It's a three meter long, pointy end of the rocket that's about 600 mils in diameter. And um, After we completed all the planning activities, then we moved on to the next fun part. We formally call it vehicle integration. Um, I refer to it as rocket surgery, but more commonly, rocket proctology. (laughs) So this is where you take all the pieces of metal and computer and wire and plumbing, and you put it together because you start off with a pile of components and then you end with a thing that looks like the pointy end of the rocket. So we matured this system from a pile of components uh, to something that looked like it was ready to fly. Uh, There is a lot of frantic activity, I'll tell you my daily, take it apart, put it together, take it apart, put it together, fix this, fix that, Uh, wire it up, is it working, no, (laughs) fix it, (laughs) <laughs> it's not working still. Uh, the valves are leaking. Damn it! We gotta fix the valve. So, so basically, we had to test one system after another. And honestly, everything's broken the first time we did it, and sometimes the second time we did it. And and I learned a lot in this job about accepting failure and to just keep moving forward no matter what. And then to add to the fund, I was in the new transition phase where the hormones are starting to work their magic and uh, that brings mood changes. (laughs) And I tried to keep it to myself (laughs) and just focus on I'm going to launch a rocket. Uh, Although at least I got to let my friends know so we got this payload to like 95% complete. Um, and we pushed into the next big phase, which is qualification testing. So when you qual test, uh, you shake it, you shock it. Uh, we spun it on a, uh, a spin test to spin balance it. And we had to keep on going back and force and fixing things there. And, um, we had to put all the computers in there and run them in a vacuum because like, things tend to fail when you stick it in a vacuum. And then we put in a thermal cycle to make it really hot and really cold. And we did that like 20 times just to try and break it because the point of qualification is to try and break it on the ground so it doesn't break in the air. And this is nerve-wracking, right? Um, when I break something on the ground, it's my job to fix it, because that's what I do, and, and that gives me an emotional roller coaster, because every day I go into work and it's like, okay, we're going to test this thing, and then if I break it, then it's my problem. Uh, one time we put it on the vibe table, and this is like final vibration, and we it through the program to shake it, and it's going whoop, 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 and um, and then all of a sudden we heard ting, 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 inside, and I'm just about to cry because it took us two weeks of putting this thing together, and now I've got to take the whole thing apart, strip it down to nothing, and put it back together again. (sighs) It's not a good feeling, Um, but uh, in rocket science, you must accept failures and keep on moving, and uh, that's the rocket business. So, this fever pitch of work uh, led up to a crescendo where it's T minus zero in terms of we're about to leave the building. Um, There's a drop-dead decision that the whole team has to decide are we go or are we no-go. And lucky us, it was green all across the board. We packed my baby up in a crate and shipped it off to Woomera, South Australia, not to see it again for another month. Uh, Don't know if you know about Woomera. It's not a great place. That's why we launch rockets out there. So I, I went from, you know, 10 months of frantic activity focusing on my baby, and all of a sudden it's not there anymore, and um, there's nothing for me to do, there's no rocket anymore. So, but did I fix that thing? And I was, you know, there's a thousand things you doubt, and the only thing you can do is come up with a plan when you get down to Woomera to check these things. And, A month of planning, and then all of a sudden, I'm in Woomera with the team and unpacking, testing everything. You know, you would like to think that we tested it comprehensively, but we had last-minute excitement. Where the navigational system, you know, the thing that tells it where to go, did it work? And that's a potential mission killer. And uh, I was a bit stressed out. Um, So as anybody in the software world might know. I'm going to say that we made an oops, and we skipped some testing because of you know time and schedule and people and all those things. And then that's what came around to bite us. So we had to revamp uh, substantial bits of that rocket um, in situ and get it ready to fly no matter what, because that's basically how it had to be. Um, and then we were getting to the countdown, right? Just waiting to the countdown. You know, the clock is like T minus five days, and then all of a sudden it's, are we launching today? But we didn't launch today, you know? Like, we had to wait a whole week because the wind was just howling and you can't launch in a wind hold. And finally, we get to the point where we're at the countdown. Uh, all this work, 10 months of, of high-paced activity, and then here we are. Right? And and I'm the, the lead, so I get to do the countdown. And my heart's beating out of my chest as I say T minus five, four, three, two, like you do you understand what this feels like? Like it's <laughs> it's just like it's just like that minute, that moment. I wish I could crystallize it and frame it on the wall because I just felt like, you know, this is over. And then it's flying, and I'm watching the telemetry streams, and I'm just thinking to myself, it's going to succeed or fail in 30 seconds, because that's how long it takes to get to the primary experiment. And then the whole mission itself is two minutes, and then everybody's clapping, and then, and then that's it. It's over. We lit the candle, and it flew away from us, which is important. Um, <laughs> Rapidly, um, and the mission was a complete success. Um, we had a big party, <laughs> plenty of beers. <laughs> Next day, we, we got to go out into the desert and recover the payload, which is cool. It's like squished, um, <laughs> came in very quickly. Um, and this was the end of my secondment. So, you know, theoretically, I'm going back to the deep south work for the Air Force again, um, but I am a little bit lucky, and while I was there, I had a chat with Adam Gilmore and had a job interview lined up with him, and I later become the Head of Guidance, Navigation, and Control at Gilmore, which was a real cool gig, and I got to stay in Australia, and, uh, and I've been here ever since, I'm a citizen now. Yeah. Um, I came out on the job with uh, Adam at Gilmore Space. Everything went uh, completely well. And um, we launched a couple rockets there. One of them blew up, (laughs) but that's another story. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favorite tales on the socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider supporting the project on Patreon. Check out the link in the episode description. Finally, for late night ramblings, gay shit, and photos of me trying to garden with a baby on my back, follow Maeve Marsden on Twitter and Instagram.